0: just like facts have no place with an organized religion Michael Graff. say what again say what again I dare you I double dare you mother say what one more goddamn time the zip code famous Michael Graf show oh you have got to be kidding sir first you think of an idea that has already been done and then you give it a title that nobody could possibly like the Michael Graf show eyes oh, a kind everybody goofballs how would you handle this we could try ignoring it sir I see. Pretend nothing has happened and hope everything turns out all right in the morning. Just a thought, sir. I've considered that. Warning. The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool-Aid. You know it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the zip code famous Michael Graf Show. And here we go. It is your life raft of hope in a sea of insanity. It's the zip code famous Michael Graff show on the air. Thank you for checking us out. It is Friday, January 21st, 2011. Contact information for the program, as always, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address, our oft-spammed email address. Now with 80% more spam than ever, Mike at KMGX.com, though, that is the email address, at least for now. I think we're going to get an at Michael Graf email address pretty soon, though. Just a thought I had. Let's see, and then that'll get spammed, and we'll have to just change it around a lot, but whatever. Also, our PayPal address for this program, your most generous contributions to the show, Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name available to you 24-7-365. Michael Groff Show, that is our screen name, AOL Instant Messenger. And, of course, for all of our other contact information, all the donation links, ways to comment on any shows, download, listen to any shows, All sorts of ways to get interactive and connected to this program. It is the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. Always appreciate your patronage over there. Man, we have got a busy show. And I think with all the bad news that's gone on over the last couple of weeks, I think it's time we actually throw around some good news. I know something positive to talk about on this show for a change. And in life for a change. It's not very often that I will throw out the M-word, the miracle word. But I have to tell you, if there is an instance where there is a miracle to be had, it's this case of Gabrielle Giffords. You know, she was shot in the head 13 days ago at point-blank range by that nutjob Jared Lofner. A bullet... In the brain Now think about this A bullet actually went into her head And went out the other side And 13 days later She is out of the emergency room She is now At a rehab center In Houston A world renowned rehab facility That treats Specifically treats Spinal cord and brain trauma This place is world-renowned for their treatment, and while she hasn't spoken anything yet, she is moving around. She's flipped through an iPod. She's making contact with her husband and is also well aware of the existence of other people around her. She's able to sort of motion. She's moving. She's even getting up or with some assistance. Now, she's still on a uh, breathing tube of sorts. They still have certain apparatuses hooked up to her from time to time. But you think about this. This is a woman that got shot in the head and here she is 13 days later. Some doctors speculate that she will make a full recovery. Others are not ready to go that far, but everybody's being somewhat cautiously optimistic. However, the amount of recovery that this woman has made from this incident, it's, it's, I don't even know what else to call it except unbelievable. It is a miracle. It really is. So in all the bad news and everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks and all the talk and everything that we've discussed on this show, it is nice to actually have something positive come out of this. Uh, Yes, six people are dead. Yes, a dozen more are injured. Yes, this woman's life may never be the same. Who knows? But I have to tell you this, and even though politically Gabrielle Giffords and I may not always agree, one thing's for sure. I I am in this woman's corner rooting for her big time. And I don't see how you can't. This is just such an amazing story. And I hope that she'll be able to talk. I hope she'll be able to come back and serve. And again, this isn't about partisan politics. This is about humanity. And I hope she comes back and serves. And I uh, certainly hope that uh, she uh, is stronger than ever. And I'll tell you something else. Doctors say that she probably has no idea what happened to her. That's the other thing. I know from my experience, I got hit by a car. I don't really remember the incident. From time to time, I get little bits and pieces, little flashes of it. But the actual incident, I really don't remember. The body has this amazing way of forgetting this kind of stuff. It blocks that out because not only is the physical shock incredible to the body, but the emotional, the mental shock can be just as taxing to the mind as well. And reliving that incident. So that's why our, our minds, the amazing human brain, manages to forget these things. It blocks this sort of stuff out, these very traumatic experiences. So I can only imagine the horror that her husband or somebody's going to have to go through when she says, What the hell happened? Why, why, why am I here? I, I, the last thing I remember was being at a Safeway. And who knows how much she actually remembers. Who knows how much she's going to recover. But again, we're all uh, definitely in her corner. At least I know I am. And I know that many people in the country are. It's not about partisan politics. It's it's about cheering for somebody that is, you talk about strong. What an amazing story this is. There's a book here to be had. I'd I'd read it. I'd buy it. All right, speaking of uh, Congresswoman Gifford, speaking of her colleagues anyway, um, that's some big news as well. We have to talk about this. The new House of Representatives now controlled by the Republicans and John Boehner. I had some optimism going into this. Now, I don't know why I really don't because already I'm seeing signs of the same old stuff, politics as usual, going on in the House. And here's why I say that. As you know, we talked about this the other day. The plan to repeal the Obamacare bill carries on in the House. They have enough votes. They're going to go through with that. And it is the ultimate manifestation of time-wasting, if I've ever seen or heard it. There is no point to the House of Representatives going up there and saying, All right, we're gonna appeal we're gonna repeal the Obamacare plan. What is the purpose of this? It's not like it's going to pass through the Senate. It's not like the, the president is going to sign on to this bill. He's not going to repeal his own health care plan that he fought so hard to get in there. Sure, there's a lot of Democrats that don't like it because they say it doesn't go far enough. And sure, most of the Republicans don't like it. But it's not like the Senate is going to sit there and repeal it because then who knows if they'll ever get it pushed back through. It won't happen. The president's not going to repeal that. That would certainly upset even more of his base and his base is already upset with him as is. So what this is, is it's the Republicans' way of being able to grandstand politically and say, see, we tried to repeal the Obamacare, but we couldn't get it done. They're going to try and use that as a springboard for the 2012 elections. They're going to say, see, we went after Obamacare, but we couldn't get it repealed. But they're going to use themselves as a sort of political martyrs and say, hey, man, we did our best. We did everything that we possibly could, but we just couldn't get that damn thing repealed. Can you imagine, though, the the kind of repercussions that are going to occur as a result of that? Can you just imagine? The Democrats are probably going to sit back and let the Republicans try and do it anyway. I would. Why not? It's, It's a great strategy. The Republican base is fine with it. Uh, I know that everybody's on uh, the radio. Sean Hannity's on there. Rush Limbaugh, they're all on there championing this. But it's a big waste of time. If you know the outcome to a situation and yet you do it anyway, that's the definition of a waste of time, at least as far as I'm concerned. If you know that the bill is not going to pass. If you know that the president is just going to veto it and it probably won't even make it through the Senate, why bother? But see, this is what the government is great at. And it doesn't matter who's in control. It doesn't matter if it's Democrats or Republicans. They're all brilliant at wasting time and resources. And there's really no bigger waste of time and resources than trying to repeal a bill that was already passed And if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, if you really, really want to make a bold statement, and we talked about this the other day on the show as well, if you really want to make the bold statement, what you do is, is you're the House of Representatives. You have the checkbook for the United States of America. What you say is, fine, we won't repeal Obamacare. We just won't fund it. We just won't make any room in the budget for it. What do you think of that, Brock? What do you think of that, Mr. President? What do you think of that, Senate? If you really want to make a statement, of course they won't do that because the, the Republicans don't have the balls to do that. There's no way. That would take some brass ones, I got to tell you. Um, I would I would laugh. I would think it's incredible if they did, but there's no way that they're going to do that. But that's that's how you enforce something that you don't want done. You say, fine. We're going to act like the parents. We're going to act like uh, daddy here. And we're going to make sure that uh, you don't have the money to carry through with this ridiculous Obamacare. Listen, I don't like the bill. But I think it's a waste of time to try and repeal it. Man, the government's great at wasting time. I'll tell you what. Here's another example of wasted government time and resources. The biggest example ever. And I'm bringing this up for a very specific reason. The biggest example of wasted government time and resources is this so-called war on drugs. What an incredible waste of time and resources and anything else. You know, as much as I liked Ronald Reagan as a president, I have to tell you, he was the one that really started this war on drugs, and it escalated with every president thereafter. Everyone feels that it's our responsibility to make sure that we crack down on all this, well, crack and pot and everything else that's coming into the United States. uh, Meanwhile, uh, how is that war on drugs going? If this were an actual war, if this were a military mission, we would be getting just obliterated right now we would have lost years ago Uh, right now the scoreboard is drugs about 10 billion uh u.s government fighting like two i mean the the score is so one-sided this is it's not even fair and uh so this war on drugs it's a pointless war it's never going to go anywhere Uh, It's like most of the other wars that we're fighting, actually. It's pointless, it's not going anywhere, and it's costing us an insane amount of money to do it, and there's really no purpose at all. What's the point? What have we accomplished in the war on drugs? Well, what we've managed to do is we've locked away a lot of people for smoking pot. We've managed to do that. We've put a lot of people on probation for smoking pot. Yeah, we've seized a whole ton. We've seized tons and tons and tons and tons of marijuana. And guess what? More and more of it keeps coming in the United States. Oh, and crime related to it, such as people stealing money, uh, people smuggling drugs. And it's not just marijuana. I mean, there's Coke. But marijuana is the most seized drug of any of them, of any of the illegal drugs that come into the United States. Marijuana is the most ubiquitous. It is the most seized and uh, that's the one that gets all the attention here, really. So um, that's, that's the problem. So why do I bring this up? Why do I even bring up the, the, the matter of the war on drugs? Just to show you how ridiculous it is and to show you that the government is, not only are they engaging in a pointless war against something that you can't fight, but now they're engaging in racketeering. If you try to do something, if we as the people decide that we want Drugs we want, medical marijuana, for example. The government just engages in racketeering. This is a story that the website got us provided. This is from Michigan. Oakland County Sheriff's Drug Enforcement Task Force, they decided to raid a dispensary. See in the state of Michigan, they have medical marijuana, just like the state of Arizona recently passed it. California has it. Several other States in the union have medical marijuana and how it works is, is you go to a doctor, you say, Hey, uh, I'd like some medical marijuana. Well, why? Um, because I want it. I mean, really that's, that's all you need to say to a doctor though. Um, yeah, I have a pain, uh, in my foot and they'll give it to you they'll, they'll, they write you a script you take your script, you get a card, you go down to a dispensary, you purchase said weed, show them your card, you get it, you go, and you're on about your way. And that, there you have it. That's medical marijuana for you, plain and simple. It's basically legalized pot. You just have to go through a middleman, and that's a doctor. But otherwise, it's perfectly okay. Well, the Oakland County Sheriff's Office in Michigan, they raided this dispensary and this is unbelievable. They burst in there in bulletproof vests and they seize $20,000, actually more than $20,000 in cash and merchandise. Including the cash with which is uh, in the register there at the registry, at the dispensary rather. They also seize money from the wallets of the customers that are at the dispensary as well. They take um, nine pounds of pot from a freezer. They take some uh, ten, 10 more pounds that's out uh, in the open. Anyway, they seize a bunch of the of the drugs and the money, and then they go. They don't arrest anybody. The only people that they actually uh, go after, and the only reason that they went to this place in the, in the first place is because a couple of guys were out on the street selling drugs, and they claim that they got this these drugs, this marijuana from this place called Big Daddy's Management Group, which is the dispensary. And uh, so the cops went to this Big Daddy's place. They, they saw it was a dispensary. They say, hey, man, uh, we're going to seize all this stuff because a couple of guys said that they got marijuana from you and now they're reselling it on the street. We're shutting you down. Except they didn't shut down the place. All they did was they took the the money and they took the drugs and they left. I could see it if they actually bothered to shut down the dispensary. I could get that. At least according to this they seized $2,874 in cash 9 pounds of harvested marijuana that they got from a freezer 5 pounds of packaged marijuana about 2 dozen uh, about 2 dozen cannabis plants 10 pounds of baked goods which I guess that would be what, pot brownies? They got like 10 pounds of pot brownies. So you see, they took all this. Anyway, all all said and done, they got $20,000 in cash and prizes uh, from this uh, dispensary. They did not arrest anybody, but they did question the two people that were selling the drugs on the street who claimed that they got the merchandise from Big Daddy's management group. That's all the information we have. Oh, and of course, what happens to the money? So that's your next question. So again, keeping in mind, they took the money from the dispensary and from the wallets of the customers that were there. And then they turned around and they, they seized all this stuff. And what happens to that money? Well, the money is, is stays with the sheriff's department. The Oakland County Sheriff's Department gets to keep the spoils. The dispensary is still open, so what would stop the Oakland County Sheriff's Department from going back there and doing this again? Now, if I'm a lawyer, I'm making a beeline to these people that had their money taken, and I'm also making a beeline to the people that own Big Daddy's Management Group, and I am going to represent them in court. But here's the problem. Let me explain what the real problem is and where this is going to get very messy very quickly. Part of me wishes I was a constitutional attorney right now. I would love to practice constitutional law because you would have a very interesting case in front of you. The state of Michigan has approved medical marijuana. You get a doctor's prescription. You get a card. You have a licensed dispensary because you have the laws that are set up for the infrastructure for licensing a dispensary. And you're able to sell and exchange marijuana and everything like that. Cash changes hands and it's fine. Just like you'd get a liquor license for a convenience store for a restaurant, just like you'd get anything else. So here's the problem, though. Here's where you'd run into an issue. So if I'm if I'm an attorney and I'm representing these people and I go to sue the Oakland County Sheriff's Department saying, hey, we want our money back and we want our drugs back. You go into court and a judge might say this could happen. A, a, A judge could look at you and say I'm not going to even hear this case and you know why because all of you have unclean hands. You don't have clean hands coming into this. Clean hands is a term in law which refers to your uh the the legal state of your case. In other words, let's say I steal a car uh, a car stereo, all right? And I try to sell it and you decide you're not going to pay me for that car stereo. You you don't wind up paying me. So I try to sue you saying, hey, man, I sold this guy a car stereo and he didn't pay me for it. And the judge says, yeah, well, you stole that car stereo in the first place. You have unclean hands. It wasn't even yours to begin with. You shouldn't have had it. A judge in this case could say. Well, it's a violation of federal laws. See, the problem is marijuana is still against federal law of the United States. It may be legal in the state of Michigan because of the medical marijuana laws. But guess what? Federal law supersedes state law. So a judge could theoretically throw this out and just say, no, I'm, I'm not going to hear this. This You're done. Then again, a judge could very easily just as well say, Oh, I'll hear the case because this is a this is a situation where these guys they had uh, their they had their medical marijuana cards. Uh, the dispensary did nothing wrong here. Um, they're just operating a business, and their cash was seized. You can't do that. You can't just take somebody's cash when they're not violating the law. So you could go either way. That's the problem. So this would be a real tough situation to have if you were an attorney. The dispensary loses the money. The customers lose the money. The sheriff's department gets to keep the cash. What does that sound like to you? Well, to me, that sounds exactly like racketeering. This is something that would make a guy in the mob blush. The sheriff's department is engaging in racketeering. They're strong arming a dispensary. Nice job, guys. Way to go, Michigan. Specifically, Oakland County Sheriff's Office. Nice job, guys. It burst in with bulletproof vests. Well, and then again, the whole story started because a couple of guys were selling drugs on the street. and They say, hey, we got it from this dispensary. So with that logic in mind, I could go to a convenience store, buy some beer, turn around and sell it on the street. I get busted. But then I say, you know what? That convenience store sold it to me. And then the convenience store gets all of their money taken away from them. The the sheriff's office, can you imagine? The sheriff's office goes to the convenience store. They break in there with bulletproof vests. They say, all right, this guy was selling beer out on the street that he got from your convenience store. Yeah, it's legal to get beer. Yeah, well, he was selling it on the street. Well, I don't see why he can't do that. Well, he doesn't have a license. Okay, well, how's that our problem? He bought it from you. Okay, so what? So give us all your money. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? This is the problem with the medical marijuana situation. Now, if you want to really change this and if you want to get rid of all gray area, this is what has to be done. The United States has to change the drug laws. We have to have a change in the federal drug laws. And I don't want to come across sounding pessimistic here. But the reality is that is an uphill battle to say the least. Trying to change federal drug laws in this country, even in the current climate where there's something of a revolution going on, still, there's no way you're going to do it right now. If the state of California can't get Prop 8 passed, if they can't even get marijuana legalized in that state, there is no way you're going to change the federal drug laws in this country right now. It's not going to happen. And you know why? You'll be fighting on several fronts. Number one, you'll be fighting against... um, Well, you'll be fighting against the religious morality monitors out there. The Bible Belt. You'll be fighting against... uh, Well, I mean, at least Mormons are consistent. They're against alcohol. They're against caffeine. They're against all these drugs. They're against all this stuff. You'll be fighting the Christians who... Even though they drink, even though they go to doctors and take pharmaceuticals, even though they, some of them smoke, uh, marijuana, I guess, is bad. So it's okay for, for people to uh, have a brewery, but anything that grows naturally from God, that's not okay. I'll never understand the religious aspect of it, but okay. So you're, you're fighting the religious people on getting ma- marijuana legalized in this country. You're fighting um, the the tobacco movement. You're fighting the uh, the the. You'd be fighting big tobacco, as it were. You'd be fighting the alcohol industry because they don't want that stuff legalized. That takes away from their bottom line. If you ask me, which I'd rather do, would I rather drink a beer or smoke a doob? Would I, would I rather have a, a blue moon or smoke a bowl? I'm telling you, I, believe me, I love to have a beer. There is nothing better than having, but you know what, man, I'd rather smoke a bowl, frankly. It's better, it's safer. So you'd be fighting on those fronts. And then you'd just be fighting the over 40, over 50 sort of crowd, the baby boomer crowd and the generation that came right after that. And again, I can tell you, and I won't name any names, I know people that are over the age of 50 that smoke marijuana. Or even if they don't smoke marijuana, they have no problem with it being legalized. I know somebody, for example... Again, not naming names, but I know a woman, she's uh, 55 years old, she smokes marijuana for pain. She says that she doesn't even get high from it, but she smokes marijuana for pain. She has a legitimate medicinal use for marijuana. But generally speaking, people that are about over the age of 40 to 50, as you get older, as you go up the scale, the research shows, the poll data indicates that those folks are less willing to make marijuana legal now the younger generation sure but you're going to be fighting against a very big group of people the tobacco lobby the alcohol guys the bible belt and the old folks good luck you are really up a creek if you think you're going to change the federal laws. So that's the problem that we encounter right now in this country. Yes, the Obama administration is not rigorous in fighting against drugs. Uh, they've been the least aggressive in the war on drugs, but the Fed still bust. Do you know how many trillions of dollars in man hours and resources we've devoted to fighting the war on drugs in this country? Do you have any idea how much we are wasting on that? Border patrol agents, local County and state and federal law enforcement that's just being utilized strictly to fight drugs. We talk about illegal immigration in this country and how we can't do anything about the flood of illegals. If we stopped fight using all of that manpower to fight against the, the incoming drugs that are uh, in this country, if we used all of that manpower on illegal immigration, we'd never have to worry about an illegal immigrant in this country ever again. If we used all those resources that we're wasting on trying to crack down on uh, on on pot. Can you imagine? I know it's not just marijuana. I'm not stupid. Okay, I understand. And, and I'm willing to have the conversation about keeping cocaine and heroin and meth illegal. Okay, I'm not sitting here advocating that we legalize all drugs. All right, I'm not that crazy a libertarian. But I will tell you, here in the state of Arizona, I don't know if you, and this is true in several other states, most states. You know, possession of marijuana in the state of uh, Arizona is a class six felony. Class six felony. Do you know you can go to jail for five years for it? For pot. Now, we did pass medical marijuana in the state of Arizona. So if you get a card and everything like that, okay, fine. And generally speaking, a Class 6 felony, you, you can uh, plead down to a Class 1 misdemeanor, which means you'll only do about a year in jail at most. And still pay, what, about a $2,500 fine. Still, for for joints? Really? For smoking a couple of bowls? A Class 6 felony or a Class 1 misdemeanor? Really? That's insane to me. That doesn't make any sense at all. That is what you're fighting against. And that's why the state of Michigan, that's why this Oakland County Sheriff's Office, that's why it makes me so mad. It's, It's like a crime syndicate. The Sheriff's Office is engaging in a crime syndicate. They're going in there and they're strong arming these guys. I wouldn't be surprised if a member of the Sheriff's Office goes over to that dispensary and goes, all right, guys, here's what we want you give us 10% of your profit, you give us 10% of, of the take, or we're going to come in here and we're going to just rate it all again. We're going to shut you down. That's what we're going to do. They could extort the situation. I'd love to see an investigation done into this, but you know it's not going to happen. Now, why then would this even be a constitutional issue? Well, the, the thing is, while federal law supersedes state law, there is also the 10th Amendment to the Constitution. There are states' rights. Uh, we could possibly try and have a... Constitu- well, we've already talked about this, how uh, some uh, out there wanted to have a constitutional convention so that we could make it so that if a state passes a law by a two-thirds majority, it would overwrite the law of, that's uh, issued by Congress. I don't remember who it was that proposed that. We did that story a couple of weeks ago on the show, though. I think that was uh, some some House Republican uh, proposed that idea. Dumbest idea I've ever heard, by the way. Because then you're making Congress ostensibly useless. We have checks and balances in this country for a reason, but that's just taking checks and balances way, way overboard. My God. All right. So that's the situation uh, with with that that whole thing. Oh, my God. I, I just, I'm completely baffled that in the 21st century, we still have these arcane ideas about drugs. And it's completely fueled by fear, by some type of morality issue, Remember how we did the story about the governor of the state of of Colorado? The governor of Colorado took the money that people used to get registered for the medical marijuana registry. He took that money and used it to help pay down the deficit in the state. Some, what was it, $60 million? Why then would you not want to have marijuana legalized? It just doesn't make any sense. We talk about the debt clock ticking away in this country and having to raise the debt ceiling. I can promise you that would really cut into that situation. Number one, we, it would be twofold because we wouldn't have all these resources devoted to fighting against marijuana and the crimes that circulate surrounding it. Number two, we'd have a taxable drug. Oh, no, it's okay. We'll just let alcohol be perfectly legal where people get addicted to it. Millions of people are alcoholics in this country. How many, I'd love I'd love to know how many people in the audience listening to the sound of my voice right now, how many of you don't know an alcoholic? There's probably not a single one of you out there. Probably some of you listening to this show are alcoholics. I would say most of my audience are probably alcoholics. I mean, seriously There's millions of people that are alcoholics There are hundreds of DUIs That occur on America's roadways Every single day Alcoholism Alcohol abuse Leads to liver disease For God's sake Among other things That's just alcohol And that's perfectly legal And we run ads for it on TV and radio And it's glorified, and it's wonderful. And again, I have no problem with people drinking beer. And I have no problem with people destroying their own lives with alcohol, if that's what you want to do. But don't sit here and get altruistic and say, well, marijuana is just bad. It's just a horrible drug, and look at what it does, and THC it. Meanwhile, while you're sitting there drinking a fourth bottle of wine... Or the people that get on their high horse and talk about, well, marijuana is far more uh, deadly than cigarette smoke. Uh, B.S. 4,000 ingredients in a cigarette, 70 known carcinogens, half the friggin' periodic table is found inside a cigarette. Whereas marijuana, see, it's not just nicotine. It's not just tobacco that's in a cigarette. It's all sorts of other things that are put in there to purposely make it an addictive substance. Whereas marijuana is the buds of a plant that you smoke. There's nothing else there. There's nothing artificial to that. It's literally you put that in a pipe and you light it and you inhale it. And pharmaceutical companies, we're going to sit here and you're going to tell me that it's okay that people take opiates as long as they have a doctor's prescription. They take Vicodin, Oxycontin, uh, 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 Percocet. People take all these other drugs. People, we give our kids, we give our children Ritalin. We we fill ourselves up with uh with um, oh my god, all these other just drug after drug after drug, and uh, that's okay. We get people hooked on pharmaceuticals from a very young age. People. That are getting, uh, that that get addicted to these pills. And they go around and they doctor shop. I mean, hell, Rush Limbaugh, a, a prominent talk show host, got addicted to prescription pain medication. And yet these same people will come on and they'll say, oh, marijuana, it's bad. I'm sorry, but I think combined pharmaceuticals. And again, I'm not putting down all pharmaceuticals. I think drugs help people and they certainly extend the quality of life and everything. But I think marijuana can help people. I'm not sitting here advocating crack and coke and heroin and blast and meth. I'm not sitting here advocating for the mushrooms. I'm not advocating for that crap. I'm just talking about marijuana. Not talking about any of the other stuff. But I'm saying of all the things that are out there right now, the pharmaceuticals where you don't even know half of the crap you're putting into your body when you take those pharmaceuticals or tobacco or more specifically cigarettes, lung cancer, breast cancer, mouth cancer, throat cancer, brain cancer, aneurysms, hardening of the arteries, various skin conditions both aesthetic and cancerous both benign and malignant all caused by cigarettes and you're gonna say that marijuana is the bad drug that's the evil drug alcohol you ever seen what alcohol have you ever have you ever seen somebody's liver who drinks too much alcohol have you seen it have you how many people do you know of that have ever been killed by acute marijuana poisoning? Has it ever happened? Have you ever heard of it? I'm sure in the history of mankind it may have happened, but I could go and find a I could go to Google right now on their on the news. I could go to like Google News. I could find 50 stories about somebody that died from acute alcohol poisoning without even trying. It'd be very hard to do the same thing for marijuana. Yet Again, this is just the thing. You have to change the federal drug laws. Otherwise, you're going to continue to have stories like this from Michigan where the people have passed a law in a state. They've okayed the use of something. And then the law enforcement comes along and strong arms them and makes them feel like they're criminals. It's Unbelievable. And, you know, I'm not some pothead that's coming on the air and uh, say, hey, bro, why don't we all, like, get you know, laws marijuana, dude. I'm a college graduate. I, uh, I, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, it's been a long time since uh, I've smoked. I don't come in here and do the show high. I wish I did probably make for an even better show. I'd probably be a lot more mellow. All right, anyway, there you go. Mike at kmgx.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at kmgx.com. I can't believe that they are doing this in the state of Michigan. And I bet this isn't an isolated story. I bet this has happened more than once. And I bet it's happened in other states. And I bet now that we have it here in Arizona, we have medical marijuana. I bet it will happen here as well. I bet we're going to get bombarded by those kinds of stories. Sheriff Joe and his posse are probably going to go and take care of that. All right, a lot more stuff coming up in the show. We have um, we have to do the pop chart. It's been a while since we've uh, taken, look, taken a look at the pop chart. There's uh, some changes that are going on there. Also, a story about a blind guy that traveled the world, and he has written a book, and I'm going to rip him. Why would I rip a blind guy? Who knows? It's blind on blind hate. All that coming up. Stick around listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show Back with segment number two. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show on a Friday, January 21st, 2011. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. Also, the PayPal address for this program, Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show on AOL Instant Messenger, available to you 24 7, 365 for any of your rants or general thoughts you want to pass along we respond to all messages including the death threats so keep those coming in plus if you want to comment on this program um, or any other show you want to go back and check out our archives you can always do so at the one the only it is indeed a real site we are uh, I'm still putting up a few of the uh, archived episodes I know it's I have I've had a couple of setbacks namely my wrist didn't work for like a week uh, other than that, um, still putting up, there's like, I think about five old episodes, four or five more episodes uh, from the recent past I have to put up there. But otherwise, uh, all of that is going to be up there. And eventually, uh, we're thinking about uh, putting up even more older stuff from the more than 10 years that I've been doing this show. And in that, I also want to mention this, coming up later in this particular Episode Of the zip code famous Michael Graff show On this particular show We have a listener requested flashback And we're going to be getting to a couple of those Over the next uh, few shows We have some listener requested flashbacks That we're going to play Uh, So stick around for that Coming up later in the program Uh, Meanwhile I have to mention this This is a, a fun story So I don't know if you've heard of this guy Tony Giles He's known as Tony the Traveler now, this is a guy, he is a blind guy. He has been to uh, six of the seven continents. The only place he has not been is Antarctica, but he has been to all of the other six continents, including all 50 states in the United States. He is uh, originally from the UK. He has traveled all over the world, been everywhere that you can possibly go. Uh, he's uh, quite quite the adventurer. And a matter of fact, uh, he has a website, Again, he's totally blind. He, uh, without his hearing aids, he's deaf. He's 80% deaf without his hearing aids. Uh, And yet he has managed to independently travel all over the world. And that's a, it's a great story. So what's wrong with that? If you heard the tease earlier, I I said I was going to rip the guy. And why would I rip a guy that that's, you know, managed to do that? That just doesn't make any sense, right? Well, it kind of does a little bit. So the story on this guy is uh, he he put out a book. Actually, he's put out several books about this, about his travels. One is called... Uh, what is this called? Seeing the World My Way. It's a book. It's now available on Amazon.com. You can uh, download it. You can even get the ebook. There's one little problem, though. There's no audio book available. <laughs> really? A blind guy... Does a book and there's no audiobook available. <laughs> the guy, apparently, the guy, he does radio interviews. We should get him on the show and ask him, hey, uh, what's up? Well, uh, he's 80% deaf, so we should be like, hey, what's up with the fact that you didn't do any audiobook? Would that be rude if I did that? Hey, man. No, really. I'm a I'm a legally blind guy. What if I wanna do what if I wanted to listen to the audiobook? I, I'm not totally blind like he is, but you know, I, I'd rather have an audiobook, so why can't I get the audiobook? A blind guy who has a book about being blind and traveling all around the world, and then he can't even release the book for blind people. And here's the best part: not only is is there no audiobook, there's not even a book on Braille. I mean unless a foundation for the blind or you know some of those other places have have put it out independently but there's not an official release of this book in braille like wouldn't that just be good marketing here you have a website there's no audio on your website by the way so you'd have to have like jaws or whatever that is that uh, that reader so uh so you have you have a website and by the way the contrast should be if you're if you're marketing if you if you're a blind guy or even legally blind you should have you should have a uh, white text on a black background, not the other way around, because a lot of blind people have contrast issues. But the guy has no audiobook, no book on Braille, and he writes books about how he's blind. Oh, who's who's gonna be the most likely to read something like that? Other blind folks, you know? It's okay for me to bash another blind guy. I'm a blind guy. It's blind on blind I mean, I'm legally blind, so it's like You know, it's okay for disabled people to say something about another disabled person. You're not allowed to say anything about disabled people, but we are. (laughs) I guess that's the rule. I don't know. But seriously, isn't that ironic that (laughs) Tony, the traveler, we should get this guy on the show. Let me see. He's got, uh, let's see. He's got press releases. This guy's got a publicist seeing the world my way. Well, I'd love to see the world your way. Unfortunately, I I can't read your book, Tony. I probably actually could. I wonder if the print in the book is large. I wonder if it's a large print book. Probably not. Can you imagine you open the book? It's like seven point type or something. You need like a... (laughs) Only an ant could read the type in there. That'd probably be, that'd be great. If I were a blind guy, if I were a totally blind guy, I'd screw the world just like that. I'd be like, you know, I'm going to be this inspirational guy and I'm going to write these great stories and nobody can read them. All right. Also incredible is uh, this. We have a public schools update. It's hard to believe that something like this would happen in our public schools. But then again, is it really that hard to believe? This is from Oakland where second graders reportedly engaged in sexual acts in a classroom. And you might say, how the hell does that even happen? Well, that was the question I was asking. How the hell does that happen exactly? But apparently a teacher at Oakland's Markham Elementary School is now being suspended after two separate incidents occurred in the classroom. It wasn't brought to parents' attention for days, incidentally, but uh, apparently in one instance, students got naked in the classroom and we're just running around. These are second graders. How old are you in second grade? Seven years old? Second graders just running around the classroom willy-nilly and they're naked. In another incident, uh, a male and female student were performing oral sex on each other in front of other students. How does that happen in a classroom? I make the comment all the time about how we're having more and more problems with incompetent teachers and with people that just have no idea what they're doing in the classroom anymore. And uh, and somehow the teachers union in this country, though, insists that uh, teachers should be getting more pay. And, of course, we have more and more incompetent parents. Never mind, because by and large, teachers are, are, are doing yeoman's work and are doing a great job, although... Because of the strength of the teachers union, bad teachers are very hard to get rid of. And uh, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that if you're a teacher and you allow students to engage seven-year-olds, by the way, to engage in oral sex in your classroom, that officially makes you a bad teacher. And if you're a parent and your seven-year-old child even knows what oral sex is, you're probably a bad parent. Especially if they know how to perform it on on another student. Didn't say if their techniques were any good, but... I would imagine that uh, in this particular instance, uh, it's pretty gross. And yet here it happened. It happened twice in this classroom. Like when I was in a classroom in second grade, I remember we sat at our desks and listened to the teacher... We weren't getting up and walking around and uh, you let alone taking our clothes off. We didn't know what oral sex was when we were seven years old. God, most of us hated girls at that age. Um, so I, I don't know how the hell uh, these students even know about this, but I'm sure somehow Sarah Palin is to blame or Glenn Beck or Rush Limbaugh. So, somebody is going to be the scapegoat in all of this. It's going to come back to conservative talk radio, or isn't that the new talking point now? It used to be. Uh, it used to be. Let's blame Bush. Before that, it was Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Now it's uh, Sarah Palin's fault. That's the new demon. How does that? Ha- well, it is Oakland, though. The teacher was probably the teacher probably just mailed it in. Quite frankly, did anybody do their homework last night? No. All of our parents hate us. They don't care about us. Okay. I'm just going to sit back here and drink some scotch. You guys uh, you guys just do whatever you want. Okay. That's probably what goes on. All right. Uh, I think on that happy note, that's the state of our public schools right now. And you wonder, again, you wonder why we're just allowing jobs to go overseas. You wonder why we're doing so poorly in math and science. You wonder why unemployment continues to go up. You wonder why we have problems finding skilled workers for anything in this country. Uh, And you look at our state, the state of our public schools right now, and maybe that will give you an indication. We have seven year olds. I mean, one thing's for sure. The United States is good at leading the world in the porn industry. We put out more porn than anybody else. We're good at that. And if you're in California, you're in the belly of the beast, so to speak. So, I mean, I guess that's good training. I didn't know that our public schools were springboards for leading uh, our children into porn, but apparently so. From one unfortunate bad thing to another. It has been a while since we've done this, but it's just about that time, don't you think? Pop, 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 music. pop, pop. It's our semi-regular look at the top 10 songs in the world of pop music. The 10 most played songs on radio stations across the country. In the top 40 format, in the pop music format. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's been a while since we've done this, so there are some new songs, but there's still some uh, familiar tunes on here as well. Let's see. Uh, number 10, it's Nelly. This song's been around for quite a while. This is uh, it's the softer, sensitive side of Nelly. This is just a dream with the long intro. I could just do some weather. 52 degrees outside right out here in Phoenix go down to 41 tonight. Oh. I'm, I'm dancing right now. That was pretty embarrassing. I hope nobody saw that. <laughs> oh, my God one spot. Now she found her a replacement. I swear now nah, I can't take it. Knowing somebody's got my baby. And now you ain't around, baby, I can't think. I should've put it down, should've got that ring. Cause I still feel it in the air. See a pretty face, run my fingers through her hair, my love. Alright, number nine is Chris Brown with Yeah, Three Times. Or Yeah, 3X. Or Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I hit Rihanna three times. This sounds like every other song on the pop chart. It is. Uh, this is. I can't even get to the hook on this song. It's that bad. Should we? Should we stick with it? All right. This sounds like every other song. How is this different from anything else? All right. At number eight, it's Rihanna with "Only Girl in the World." Can't take it. Number seven, it's the Black Eyed Peas. This is uh, pretty new, I guess. It's called The Time. This is International Big Mega Radio Smasher. I <laughs> had the time of my life. Oh, my God, really? I never felt this way before. Oh, my goodness. And I swear this is true. And I owe it all to you. Oh, oh I This song was bad enough the first time it came out. And I never felt this way before. And I swear, this is true. And I owe it all to you. Uh, did it break? 30 bit. Gonna be sick bit. I'm sorry the, the following is uh, the following silence is just me uh, excusing myself to the other room to go be sick I just wanna take some shots, so come on let's go. I'd much rather hear the original and that's that's sad because the original version of that song was uh, uh, was pretty bad where's that at? here we go yeah, I'd much rather hear this version. Now I've had the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear it's a truth, and I owe it all to <laughs> I'd rather hear that. Oh, my goodness. I think I'm going to just bail out on the pop chart tonight. Do you want to continue? I mean, do we dare? All right, fine. Uh, Number six, it's Enrique Iglesias featuring Luda. This is uh, Tonight. I haven't heard this song yet. and pitbull is in this song also i, you want me. I need it obvious that i want you to. so put it on me let's remove the squeeze between me and you all right uh i'm i'm too straight to listen to this song so number 5 it's uh, pink here's raise your glass this is probably the most tolerable song on the chart, and that's kind of sad. Right, right, turn off the gonna lose our What's the dealio? What's the dealio? Me, So we're so blessed if you are wrong, and all the ride right. away is all the hundred We will never be never be anything but Alright, that's uh pink. Alright, number four. Oh, Rihanna's on the chart again. Here's what's my name. Good with them soft lips. Yeah. Yeah, you know word of mouth. Uh-huh. The square root of 69 is a-something. Right? Oh my God. I forgot how bad this uh, This is the song where... Hold on. Let's hear that award-winning line again. This is a Grammy award-winning line if I've ever heard one in my life. Yeah, you know word of mouth. The square root of 69 is a-something. The square root of 69 is a-something. Go white uh-huh. wine. Uh, uh-huh. I in the Capital of North Dakota, Bismarck or something. Only we Random stuff, I'm just gonna throw it in this song. Oh, let it play. Say you gotta leave, but I know you Typewriter, the lo- longest word you can make with the top row of keys. So we can do it. 20 minutes, say my name, say my name. Okay, that's these songs get worse as we go through. Wow, if you've ever wanted to kill uh, the mood to have sex with your girlfriend, uh, just put on some of these m- songs on the pop chart. Remember when you used to listen to the music on the radio? You used to put on the radio to have sex? People can't do that anymore. There's no way you could put on this music and go, hey, baby, let's get, let's get it on. I mean, because the music is so bad, it would kill the mood. It would distract you completely. Don't you think so? All right, at uh, number three, Katy Perry there we go it's uh firework wanting again do you ever feel, feel so paper thin, like a house One blow from in. you know Katy Perry there's no way that she writes these songs by the way I think they have like a team of people this is true by the way they have a team of people that write these songs and then they get people like Katy Perry to perform them meanwhile whoever writes these songs is, is the Brilliant person. It's light light and let it shine. this is. I, I take it back. This is probably the best song in the in the in the top ten on pop. And to me, it's still pretty bad. Think this is bad. All right, at number two, it's Bruno Mars. Uh, this is a song called "Grenade." Uh, the number one song in the country And this is really, really depressing I'm just telling you right now uh, I don't have the drum roll So, here we go uh, This is the number one song in the nation Kesha Hot and dangerous We are who we are Cause we make the hipsters fall in love When we got our hot pants on and up And yes, of course love <laughs> That's the only fun I can have with this. I, I, I would love to meet a person that likes these songs. I really actually want to meet somebody that likes these songs. I, I, I wish we were still doing the live show. I would open the phone line right now. I would say, call me right now on the toll free number, and and tell me that you like these songs. a break. All right, we're going to take a break and when we come back, I think we're going to do more show or maybe not. Actually, we've got our uh, we've got a flashback coming up uh, at the listener request. A uh, listener requested. We we actually have a couple of different listener requests and uh, over the next couple of shows, we're going to get to those. So do stand by for that. Mike at KMGX.com. That is the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Also our PayPal address. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name. The one, the only. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. Flashback coming up next. Stick around more. The zip code famous. Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com. final segment it's the zip code famous Michael Grov show on a Friday January 21st 2011 mike at kmgx.com the email address it's mike at kmgx.com that's also our paypal address for your most generous monetary contributions to this program help us stay on the air In this segment, we have a flashback request. We actually have a couple of different flashback requests, and we'll be getting to those in the next uh, few shows. We have over 11 years, or nearly 11 years of material, and it's always amazing to me that people remember stuff that's happened on this show, especially from years ago. Like In this segment, we have flashback to... A show from April 2008, which dealt with dollar stores. I don't even remember exactly how I got off on this rant, but uh, what happened was a listener suggested that we go back and play this. It all started with a story about uh, people, gunmen, that tried to rob a dollar store. And uh, as if that wasn't crazy enough, then... uh, (laughs) Then, uh, somehow, I got off on a rant about dollar stores and things that you could find at them, and I, I, I sort of remember the bit. It took a little while. We did some digging in the archives in the annals of the zip code famous Michael Groff show, and we found it. So here it is. As we flash back to April of 2008 for this segment. It's right here. It's our flashback request. On the Zip Code Famous Michael Grav Show. This is from Macon, Georgia. This is guaranteed to be good stuff. Now, when you're not quite the master criminal, when you haven't quite graduated to the top shelf criminal, this is the kind of stuff that you do. Macon police are investigating an armed robbery that happened shortly before 8.15 p.m. Thursday at the Dollar Tree discount store at 1451 Gray Highway. Yes, three gunmen were wearing black hooded jackets and black saggy shorts with black bandanas covering their faces. This is according to a police news report. Two of the men entered the store, displayed handguns, and demanded money. The third man stayed outside, according to the release. The robbers obtained an undisclosed amount of money and ran toward Gray Highway, according to the police. A witness reported seeing the three men get into a small gray compact vehicle and drive south on Gray Highway. Anyone with information on this robbery should contact Macon Regional Crime Stoppers. 877-68-CRIME, or the Macon Police Department at 751-7500. Anyway, um, the best part about this story, these guys, three guys went in to rob a dollar store. You know, like those 99 cents only stores or dollar only stores where like everything in the store costs a dollar or less. And you can get really, really bad Almost use the S word. Crappy merchandise in there. Like you could probably find the C D that has this song on it right here. You could probably find this in a dollar store. I spent it all if I can find that honor in that that she's found and and- Yeah, in a and I'm sure they got away with what? About probably what? 150 bucks? They could split it three ways. All right. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Here's 50 bucks for each of us. Man, we sure cleared a big old hole tonight. And I'm sure they took, like, the crappy candy that they have at the dollar store. Well, I mean, they sell real candy there, but it's, like, the, the really small ones. Because, of course, even cheap candy bars, even the smallest candy bar now, costs about, what, uh, a dollar. Even, like, a, a regular size Snickers bar is almost a dollar now. So what they do is they sell, like, knockoff, like... This isn't a Snickers, it's a Smickers bar. Or it's, you know, it's a it's a Zickers bar. You know, it's it's just a generic brand, a generic version. We don't have Reese's peanut butter cups. We have You know, we have like Jack's peanut butter cups or Jack's peanut butter squares. We can't even use cups. Peanut butter, you know, plates or something. <laughs> so you know that's that's the kind of I any mean, then they have like books there but you know it's books that i'm sure you'd probably never read you know like um it, it, or maybe it's a book it's like um half of of john steinbeck's of mice and men <laughs> like somebody you know flushed it partly down the toilet or so you know it just got rained on or something like that that's the kind of stuff that they sell at the ninety-nine cents store. Now I don't want to put it down because th- sometimes you can find real gems at the ninety-nine cents only store. Well, maybe not gems. Okay, maybe not. Maybe um, I mean, gems is a, is a, is the wrong word. You know, um, <sighs> minerals of some kind, maybe mica or quartz. No, probably not even that. Nah, maybe. Yeah, you can find some good paper mâché. At the ninety nine cent store, you know it's weird though. I have been to a ninety for a ninety nine cent store many times, and I will say I've bought some candy there, and uh, they have really gene- really crappy soda there. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Big K Cola. I think that's what they sell at Kmart, if I'm not mistaken, or it's one of those places. Big K. It's even worse than that kind of cola. It's even worse than RC, Rotten Crotch Cola. It's even worse than that. It's it's the crappiest stuff you've ever consumed. But it's generic soda. It's the kind of stuff that, well, uh, when I was a kid, you know, and my mom didn't want to go. She want, she would buy, like, the generic soda sometimes because they were having a sale on it. So instead of getting... Um, uh, Coke or Pepsi or even Tab for God's sake. This is worse than Tab. This isn't even Tab. Okay, I think I saw Tab at the ninety-nine cent store, but no, it's even worse than Tab. It's flat. You open it up. It, it, it's in a. It's in a bottle, like a two-liter bottle, but it's all sticky. It's been sitting up there since maybe the eighties. It's all discontinued lines of soda, or it's stuff that's imported from Mexico. It's like El Soda. You know, that's the kind of crap that you get. And that's the other thing, too. This, uh, somebody on Messenger says this. They even charge more for stuff like Comet. They say $0.99, cents, but it's only $0.80 cents at the supermarket. That's the other thing. The stuff that actually does cost under $0.99, cents, they jack the price up to $0.99. Cents. So it's not even really a good deal to go there, although you can get plants for $0.99 cents at the $0.99 cents only store. I can only imagine the kind of plants you get there. they're the kind that you bring home Well, I know this for a fact. They're the kind that you bring home and they die immediately. Once they get away from their fellow cheap plant brethren at the 99 cents only store, they die. I'm telling you, you buy stuff there. There's like, um, there's coloring books, but they're not like really coloring books. they're just like a couple of pages. They sell uh, stories, but they're not like stories written by Dr. Seuss or anything. It's, you know, it's like Mrs. Wilson's fourth grade class published the cat and the well, we can't say hat because that's taken. So like the cat and the anvil by Mrs. Wilson's fourth grade class available now at 99 cents only. So just just the worst kind of merchandise. You could probably buy Hitler's Mein Kampf there. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can. They have some books they have there that are just, you know, not top shelf material. I I think, I don't know, Rosie O'Donnell wrote a book. I think that's their diet. They have like a lot of diet books there. I guess they figure the average clientele nights only store is either here are the people that go to a 99 cents only store. One, it's somebody who might just be looking to stock up on candy bars or junk food because you can get some there. Even though it's cheap stuff, it's still chocolate. You know, so some people are going there to stock up on that kind of crap. You know, the real cheap food. Or the, or you can buy like real cheap cat food there. Like if you really don't like your animals very much, you could buy cheap cat food there. Instead of whiskers, it's like fliskers or something. It's like some knockoff brand. But you know, if you really don't like your cat that much and you want them to die relatively soon, you just buy stuff at uh, at the dollar store. Okay, so you know they have that kind of stuff. So those or it's old people, people that live on a budget. So they go, well, I went to the, I bought some uh, some uh, rice there. Of course, they only let me have four twenty-pound bags of it. But I bought rice there and I bought some cat food. So, um, you know, Fluffy can have some. And I got this great book. It's a, it's a great book by Donald Rumsfeld. It's sold there. And, it, you know, it was only 80 cents. I thought that was a pretty good deal. And I got some saltwater taffy for the little darlings when they come around on Halloween. So it's old, folks. A lot of like you know, kind of ghetto people. It depends on where the the dollar store is located. If it, depending on the neighborhood, there a lot of ghetto people go there. You know what I mean? With the ghetto babies, they got you know twelve babies and whatnot. They're running around. They got all little, get little ghetto children running around the dollar store. You know what I'm talking about? I think we understand where we're going here. So there's a lot, a lot of ghetto, a lot of white trash. You know, a lot of trailer trash. Trail of trash, old people, and then like real cheap bastards. Those are the people that go to a 99 cent store. And listen, I've been to one, okay? So I understand. I'm not going to buy my dinner there. Oh, I found a TV dinner for only 93 cents. It's really good. This is the stuff. This is a a genuine 1971 K-ration TV dinner. It's the kind of stuff that we're supposed to eat. All nutrients. I, I bought some dehydrated food, and I bought a little pop-up book for your cousin, for your little, for your little uh, niece. I, I got that. They have that kind of stuff. They have like little pop-up books. The worst stuff there. Can you imagine? You buy like a porno there. Well, I found some really good porn for ninety-nine cents. It's like granny porn or something. <laughs> they have everything, though. They really do. It's just that it's really cheap knockoff versions. Well, I found some anime porn there, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was only seventy cents, and so I I got it for your perverted little brother. That's awesome. All right. Anyway, <sighs> Mike at KMGX. Uh, how do we get going down that road? Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. I don't know if they still do, but the very first time I was ever in a dollar store was about fifteen years ago. Okay, now back then, keep in mind, back then a dollar actually bought you more than it does now. A dollar store fifteen years ago was kind of cool. It was kind of hip. Now a dollar store you can buy like a pack of gum there. And it's not even like really good gum. It's, you know, it's it's like Aspergum or something but anyway I remember the very First time I was in a dollar store In the it was early 90s Sometime and they actually sold like Cassettes of like really bad bands You know like they had like a compilation Of um, of metal bands From the 80s I still have One of those cassettes I got there they, they sold condoms There I remember they sold condoms At the dollar store now I thought to myself Even if you were a cheap bastard, okay, and you went to the dollar store, would you really trust a condom you got for 99 cents? If you were in the mood, you were ready to to just lay the wood to some chick, okay? You were ready to get it on. And you're like, and and, and your chick's like, baby, did you bring the Trojans? No, 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 no. I got, well, I got old Captain Flimsy here. And uh, where'd you get that? Oh, I got it at the 99 cent store. They're not Trojans. They're Captain Crunch brand <laughs> condoms. <laughs> um, yeah, would you really trust that? Oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, three weeks later. Yeah, check it out. I'm pregnant. Oh, boy. I hope they sell a, a gun at the 99 cent store. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's great. You're about ready to drop the hammer on some chicken. You bust out with a $0.99 cent store condom. Uh, this, I'm sure the, the, the disclaimers on the condom package alone are probably worth the price, though. I'm sure that's some good stuff. You know what? Now I have to make a trip to the $0.99 cent store just to see if they still sell condoms there. They run announcements in the store, and it's like, for 25 years, you've come to $0.99. Cent. And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage not the, the brand of the $0.99 cents only store. Okay, I'm just trying to say that um, I'm trying to say that uh, you know the dollar store. I'm just being generic. Okay, so please, nobody try to sue. Right, we don't need a CNN-esque lawsuit here. I'm just saying that now. I have to go to the dollar store to see if they sell condoms there. I want. I'd love to read the disclaimer on those dollar condoms. Forty three percent efficient against pregnancy. Twenty seven percent efficient at fighting venereal disease they run those announcements in the dollar store that's always the greatest though for 25 years you've trusted dollar store for all of your family's fun or whatever it is it's like if my family is having fun based on the stuff we bought at the dollar store yeah it might be time to look for a new family well, we weren't able to afford Monopoly or Connect Four, but this is this is a game that I was able to afford at the dollar store. It was only eighty cents. Connect two. Well, Connect Four, you know, it was a little bit overpriced. You know, that was like that was like eight dollars over there at uh, over there at uh, Toys R Us. So uh, this is Connect two. People are sending in their suggestions for uh, or the, their their items that they think uh, would be available at dollar stores. Oh, by the way, yes. It should be noted, the 99 cent store sells gift cards. Can you imagine? I know I'm setting myself up for a disaster right here. I know some jackass in the audience is going to do this. But the 99 cent store, according to the they 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 sell gift cards. And um, can you imagine on Christmas or on your birthday, you know, you go to your stocking, you have your stocking stuffers. And somebody in your family, now luckily this has never happened to me, but can somebody in your family gives you a gift card to the 99 cent store? Oh, it's a $10 gift card, I hope you, it's a $1 gift card, I hope you like it. You can get, you can go and buy yourself some moon pies with that. I mean, look, you're ready to get horizontal with some chick, and here you are, you're, you're pulling out a 99 cent condom. Good for you, man. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Rat's greatest hits are available at the 99 cent store. Well, there you go. See, you could get Rat's greatest hits. I think that'd be a great tape. I'd be for that. I, I think this. I think the ninety-nine cent price would be uh, a little bit overpriced for this. I like Rat though. I mean, this song anyway. I I don't know of any of their other songs, but I mean, that'd be the only thing on their greatest hits album. Although I would love to hear the acoustic version. All right, that's it. We got to get out of here. I swear. I wanted to get out of here on time, but damn it. Damn you, temptress. Damn you master criminals stealing from the 99 cent store. I would be curious to know how much money they got, though. Seriously, they probably got like a couple of hundred bucks. It's just like robbing a convenience store. There's nothing dumber than a criminal to rob a convenience store. You're better to do a beer run at a convenience store than you are to rob the cash register. And if you don't know, a beer run is just where you run into a con- or you walk into a convenience store casually, go to the beer cooler, grab a few a uh, couple of 24 packs, as much beer as you can grab and just run out the front door with it. You're better off doing a beer run at a convenience store than you are stealing money from the register because guess what when you try to get uh money from the register you know how much money you're going to get at the most at the most you're going to make off with maybe 300 bucks because anytime they get any kind of significant money that comes into that register it goes back in the safe and only one person can open that safe and chances are that person ain't there and even if they are that money it's not gonna look it's not like you're gonna get thousands and thousands of dollars I cannot tell you how many stories I've read about somebody that's robbed a convenience store and they've managed to haul in a whopping $150 or 180 or $212 or something like that. Boy, that was worth it. That's worth going to jail for five years. Armed robbery. Yeah, how much How much money did you get at least? $212. What'd you spend it on? Eh, uh, well, uh... I don't know. I... I... I, 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 I I got uh, I got some good stuff at the 99 cents only store. I got these condoms. Now that I'm in jail, I might as well use them. want to go in the shower? I'll drop the soap. As somebody on the IRC channel says, I'm sure those condoms would do nothing except reduce the amount of pleasure. You wouldn't even have fun getting the VD. I stole, I stole $212. I was able to pay a quarter month's rent. I had to rob four convenience stores just to make the rent. Do you know how hard I worked? There you have it. That's our flashback for tonight from April of 2008. It's <laughs> been on the 99 cents only stores. I love, I love that listeners remember some of these bits better than I do. That's great. do you have any of your own suggestions for things that you'd like to hear on our uh, flashback segments or on future Best Of shows, if you would like to host a Best Of edition of the zip code Famous Michael Groff Show or be a co-host on our regular show, you can always message me, mike at kmgx.com, email Michael Groff Show AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, the things that we require you to have, a microphone that works, you need something like Skype, if you want to be a co-host, because only like two people are ever going to be allowed in this studio to co-host with me. Generally speaking, the rules are, I either have to know you personally, or we, uh, you know, we have to be, you know, having sex together, and uh, if you're a guy, that's not going to happen, and only one person, only one person is lucky enough to get to have sex with me. Aren't they lucky? <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time for another I know it's 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 a very very rare privilege. I see you next time for another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff show. Have a great night everybody. See you next time. Michaelgroff.com